The Nick Abbott Habit. There was a tremendous amount in the news this week, but nobody cared about any of that because Daniel Craig is reported to be returning to the role of James Bond. Oh, what sweet relief. Because it looked for a while like that Tom Hiddleston was a shoe-in for taking over as 007, and that would have been a big mistake. Huge. He's just too insufferably... You know, he's just so pleased with himself. Daniel Craig, on the other hand, and for the first time, really, makes James Bond look like he could kill you. Not even Sean Connery had that. He just wasn't very threatening. And I really enjoyed Roger Moore in the role, but he looked like he would sell you a cravat sooner than break your arm, and the others just didn't have it. That indefinable thing that if Simon Cowell hadn't taken it away from us, I'd call the X Factor. But Daniel Craig looks like a right nasty piece of work, which is exactly what James Bond should be. You wouldn't say boo to him, but you just want to slap Tom Hiddleston pretty much the entire time he's on a screen. In fact, when I type Hiddleston into my computer, it auto-corrects to rhinestone, which is about right, flashy, shiny and of little value. And I mean that in the most positive way possible. The other big story that pushed actual news off the front pages was the war on Easter. Those evil, godless sinners at the National Trust and Cadbury's decided to have an Easter egg hunt and released adverts on the National Trust's website that said, Enjoy Easter fun at the National Trust, with the word Easter bigger than any other word on the ad, and the phrase, Join Cadbury's egg hunts this Easter. Join us over the Easter holidays, it said, to run through muddy woodlands, around mystical lakes and along nature trails on a Cadbury's egg hunt. And then there were the other pages on the National Trust website headed Easter Events for Families, Easter Crafts, How-To Guides, Family Activities to Try This Easter, with talk of Easter baskets and Easter eggs and Easter chick bean bags. That last one, by the way, a horrifying traditional practice of stuffing bean bags with newborn little yellow chirping chicks, which are used because they're so soft and comfortable to sit on. But leaving that aside, the National Trust website and Cadbury's egg hunt couldn't have had the word Easter written on it more often because they'd needed a bigger website to put it on. And that still wasn't enough for the usual suspects, banging on about ruining our heritage and ignoring the true meaning of Easter and cancelling Christmas. Well, here's the news. Easter isn't about Jesus. It's about going to home base and buying a cordless drill you'll use for 15 seconds before screwing your thumb to the garage door and then putting it away to collect dust for the rest of your life. It's about buying tins of paint that you'll never take the lid off because there's so many other things you need to do before tackling the decorating in the spare room, like watching television, for instance. Easter is about planning a trip to the seaside or the in-laws and getting stuck in traffic jams that stretch to the moon and back and spending the holiday in a service station on the N4. It's about watching The Sound of Music for the 50th time and paying five times the going rate for cheap chocolate because it's been fashioned into an ovoid and placed in a plastic box. Easter doesn't have anything to do with Jesus, and neither does Christmas, unless you are actually religious, which the majority of the population of Great Britain is not. Not anymore. In England, Saturday attendance at church was about three-quarters of a million people as of a year ago. That's 1.4% of the population. And their average age? Dead. The only reason that numbers were that high was because a large number of the congregation had passed on but hadn't been moved out of the pews yet to keep the numbers up. 
Religion's on the decline in this country, and with good reason. Just do an internet search on Roman Catholic scandals and you'll need to take a shower in Detold just to get the ick off you. You certainly won't want to leave your children in the charge of a Roman Catholic school. And the Anglican Church has been getting its pantaloons in a wad for ages, fretting about women and the gays, despite the employees of the church looking about as feminine and gay as tinsel. Look up Anglican sex scandal on Google. It'll come back with 188,000 websites, none of them good. And yet these people are still accorded the courtesy of having their leaders' words on matters that don't concern them plastered over the front pages like the country cares anymore. Don't tell us how to run our lives. We know where you are. If we want to hear what you've got to say, we'll pop over to the big building on the hill with a spire on the top. We can't miss it. They made sure of that. If we want to go as a family on an egg hunt, why does it have to be about a man with nails through his hands, dying horribly thousands of years ago? What's that got to do with our lives today? And what's it got to do with chocolate and bunnies, by the way? Why can't children have a fun day out without the necessity to ram man's inhumanity to man down their throats? Must a sweet treat also come with gory tales of torture and murder? What kind of a person wants to inflict that on a child? It's the same kind of thing you get at Christmas, too. Right-wing religionists seeing the churches empty, desperate to return to the good old days when the church had power over the people. And they use our enjoyment of Christmas and Easter as holidays and not as a call to prayer, as a guilt stick to beat us with. Well, we've made a choice. We don't want that bowing and scraping and kneeling and coughing up money anymore. All that crouching obedience to men who say that a big giant head in space that you can't see has imbued them with special powers that we must accept without question. Well, we are questioning it. And about time, it only took us 2,000 years, but finally our children are free to eat overpriced chocolate they found under a bush in the garden of a stately home without having to think about burning in hell while they're doing it. At least no major important figure got caught up in all this. I mean, how embarrassing would it be for the leader of a country, for instance, to start banging on about how it's disgraceful and ridiculous that a Cadbury's Easter egg hunt, part of the Easter fun at National Trust Properties, didn't mention the word Easter enough? Oh, wait, that's right. Our very own Theresa May did just that. She stopped cozying up to a regime that's one of the worst human rights abusers on earth, the Saudi Arabians, to tell us how shocked she is and how disgraceful this godless children's chocolate hunt is in Britain. To be fair, she also said that she has no problem raising Saudi's human rights abuses with the House of Saud. But as she's desperately pleading with them to buy more British stuff, now that we're turning our backs on the biggest free market on earth she probably isn't raising her concerns too loudly. And in the unlikely event that she actually does say anything, the Saudis won't be interested, especially as it would be coming from a woman. It's a good job the Prime Minister has a driver, because over there she wouldn't be allowed to get behind the wheel herself. And I bet she didn't take any of her interesting shoes to Riyadh either, because women aren't allowed to wear anything that show-offy. And she won't be able to spend much time alone with a man over there because, you know, she might be a temptress. And the punishment for being alone with a man you're not married to is severe. Not for the man, of course, just for the woman. And she better not even think of going for a swim, not where a man might see her. And I bet she leaves all her gay diplomats behind, of which there will be many, if the rest of politics is anything to go by.
because it would be embarrassing to be begging for money and the life of a government official at the same time. So please, spare us your holier-than-thou stuff while making nice with some of the nastiest people in the world in a mad dash for cash. And stop telling us what to think about Easter. The best thing about Easter is not a fairy tale that a very dead man came back to life for a short while. It's that right after Easter is over, all those yummy chocolate Easter eggs will be half price. And there'll be a bigger queue to get some of those than there will be to get into any church. Praise the Lord. And Theresa May is off on a jaunt to gladhand the world's most colourful despots because she's being propelled into what they call a hard Brexit. She's being blown along by the stale wind of the far right of the Tory party who want to return to when Britain was great. Well, I happen to think that Britain still is great, but I suppose that makes me a traitor. I hold the treasonous idea that it might be a better idea to trade on friendly terms with the largest free market in the world, which is so near we can see it on a clear day, instead of ingratiating ourselves with some of the most unstable and unpleasant regimes on earth, thousands of miles away, just for the money. And yes, Donald Trump, I am talking about you, you great orange galumph. You know, they say that the, Euro the uh, Union in Europe has helped to keep peace on the historically warring continent for 70 years and its collapse might precipitate conflict. And we're not even out of it yet, and virtually on day one of the negotiations to leave, one top Tory started banging on about going to war with a European country, about a monkey-infested lump of rock that's so close to the mainland you can walk from Spain and be in a ye olde British tea shoppy on Gibraltar before the clotted cream curdles in the midday heat. That sunbaked rock is only ours because 300 years ago, as part of some mind-bendingly complex skirmish between various inbred European royal families about who got to rule where. You know, we wangled the rock as a staging post to enable us to get the exclusive contract to supply the Spanish colonies with slaves that we'd caught and shackled in Africa. We were out there catching men like you would wild dogs and chaining them to the bottom of ships, shoulder to shoulder, by the hundreds, and sailing them off for a life of slavery and affecting to occupy the moral high ground while we were doing it. Cause we're British, don't you know? And now we're freaking out about the very mention that a piece of land that is actually joined to Spain might be conceivably more Spanish than British, considering that Britain is over 1,400 miles away and a former leader of the Tory party, and one of the Conservative big guns, Lord Howard, actually says on camera that our current Prime Minister will send the gunboats, just like Margaret Thatcher did to the Falklands. We're threatening war in the first week of negotiations to leave a body that's kept the continent from fighting since World War II. It's all going fabulously well. You know, I write columns a couple of times a week and uh, the one thing that people say whenever I tell them about them is that they would prefer not to have to read anything, thank you very much, and would much rather that I read it to them. They say things like, oh, reading? I hate reading. I don't want to and you can't make me. Read it for me or I'll scream and scream and scream till I'm sick, is the sort of thing they say. So in order to do my bits to keep the peace, let me go over a couple of columns, the first of which is about a poll that came out last week that said about the direction that many people want the country to go in. And that direction is backwards. They want a DeLorean with a flux capacitor and five reverse gears. A YouGov poll last month 
asked over 2,000 British adults what they wanted to see a return of in the wake of Brexit. Top of the list for those that wanted to leave the EU was a time machine to take the country back to how it was in the good old days before the blooming internet and blooming teenagers and blooming newfangled litres and grams. Of the available options posed, what the leavers most want a return of is a the death penalty. The pollsters did not ask what they wanted the death penalty for, so let's assume that it's for everyone they don't like the look of, which would be a pretty long list. We're going to have to get bigger graveyards. Maybe we could stack the dead on top of one another, or bury them standing up. The number two most important thing Brexiteers would like to see the return of is, and I swear I'm not making this up, their old dark blue passports. Not that they're going to use them to actually go anywhere, because it's all foreign over there and they don't make tea like you get at home, they'll keep them in a drawer and look at them every now and again and have a British patriot gasm right there in the front room, all over their lace doilies. Third on the to-do list for Mrs M, now that we've got our country back, is a return of good old-fashioned pounds and ounces. They want to go back to the sensible way of measuring things that were not divided up into multiples of ten. Leavers want to return to when there were 20 shillings to the pound and 12 pence to the shilling and two halfpennies and four farthings to the penny. That was a much better way than this decimal rubbish we've got today. All you had to do was to be able to multiply 2 and 4 and 12 and 20 to figure out how much stuff was. And back then there were 16 ounces to the pound and 14 pounds to the stone and 2,240 pounds to the ton. That made sense. Instead of multiplying by 10, you got to multiply by 16 and 14. So you knew instantly that when you had 17 pounds of something, it was 272 ounces. Much more preferable than blooming round numbers in the ten times table. God didn't give us 14 fingers for nothing, you know. Those that wanted to leave also want the return of corporal punishment in school. This is allied with a desire to bring back hanging. If you can't execute unruly teenagers, then old folk should be able to cane them. As a compromise, they want to thrash the modern world right out of them. Leavers want to say, take that, you young people with your hairstyles and your Beatles music and your sexual shenanigans. And they want them to say, thank you, sir, may I have another? And they'd blooming well get another too, and no mistake. They also want the old incandescent light bulbs back and all, because they want to see the suffering in the miscreant's eyes when they're getting their punishment. Never mind that those bulbs are detrimental to the environment. F*** the environment. They won't be around long enough to see the climate change and the sea rise and they're dying of smokers' cough anyway, so what's a little extra pollution? Speaking of which, leavers say, why can't they smoke in pubs like they used to? Blummin' moaners put a stop to that. What's a bit of cancer going to do to you? Never harm no one. Leavers want to go back to some imagined idyll. When everyone knew their place. When men wore hats and dinner was turnips and corned beef and the loudest thing in the house was the ticking of the clock on the mantelpiece. Well, that time's up, Grandad. Try stepping in the 1960s, for your time on this earth is over. You never know, you might like it. On the plus side, if you don't like it, it'll give you something else to grumble about. That is, until the entire human race is wiped out by a cataclysmic attack from space. Did you know that an enormous asteroid flew closer to the Earth than the moon last week? The object, given the clunky, unlovely, slightly threatening name of 2017 FJ101 zipped past within 202,000 miles of planet Earth. Now that sounds like a long way, but the Moon orbits 238,000 miles away. So a piece of space rock the size of a bus 
came around 36,000 miles closer to the Earth than the Moon. Not even Ken Livingstone's bendy London buses were that dangerous. Fortunately, the White House released an official document describing the plan if a meteor or asteroid was to head our way. It said, We're going to build a wall, a beautiful wall. We're going to get E.T. to pay for it. The document's called the National Near-Earth Object Preparedness Strategy. It says the U.S. government seeks to improve the nation's preparedness to address the hazard of near-Earth object impacts by claiming that they are not real, that scientists do not agree that they are a thing, and if the president did not see it on Fox News, then it does not exist. Actually, that's not true. I made that up because dealing with a threatening asteroid would involve sending up a rocket to attack it. And as rockets are giant, phallic, thrusting objects, Donald Trump is very keen on having his name on one of those. At the end of last year, NASA warned, we're not prepared for an asteroid strike. NASA's Dr. Joseph said, the biggest problem is, there's not a hell of a lot we can do about it at the moment. Which is the sort of thing you do not want to hear from a scientist that's responsible for saving mankind. He said, they are extinction-level events, things like dinosaur killers. They're 50 to 60 million years apart, essentially. Which was much more comforting. Until he added... You could say, of course, we're due. So there's nothing we can do about it, and it's just pure luck whether we all survive or all die. Which sounds like our prospects under a Trump presidency. We might all die if he starts World War III because Kim Jong-un starts a Twitter fight about who has crazier hair. Mine's tremendously crazy. Everybody says so. Of course, we might all survive if the donut in the White House can be distracted by something shiny for the next four years while the grown-ups take charge. Maybe a small asteroid will hit his golf club at Mar-a-Lago and do us all a favour. Except that would put Mike Pray the Gay Away Pence in charge of the free world. He's the fellow who said he wouldn't eat with a woman who was not his wife. Because, you know, that's what Jesus wants. All things considered, I think at this point, maybe an extinction-level event would be best. Wipe the slate clean and start again. Who's with me? Show of hands. I'll be back on LBC on Friday and Saturday nights at 10. And my fabulous books are all available on the Kindle site on Amazon. The last one's called, Well, the Whole World's Gone Crazy, which seems about right. And assuming we all live long enough, an all-new podcast will be out on Friday the 21st of April. And in the meantime, I appreciate your attention. A Big Things Media Production. Big Things!